Bazinga. I always think about that because, yeah, the people who make like actual podcasts and they talk about like the editing process, you know, and like eliminating all the ums and the spaces and cleaning Mm -hmm. up this and that. I'm like putting together the show notes. I'm like, dude, what a pain in the ass. Also, we're professionals. I mean, we just don't make the the first or say, um, yeah, definitely don't. Every um I say is an intentional um. I say it with meaning, with purpose. The sentence wouldn't make sense without it. Yeah. Uh, But to show how perfect I can be and how professional I am, I'm going to do the intro. I'm going to do it right now. It's going to be correct. And we're just going to go right into it. It is week 12 of the Bonos Fantasy Football League. We are one week away from the end of the season. There's terror for some, thrills for others, and a complete loss of hope. For for so many joining us is the commissioner Justin, who you are not lost of hope. Uh, you're looking uh, pretty good coming out of this week and going into the playoff picture. Yeah, it's really easy to get excited um, and then remember that my team is fucking dog shit. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Um, I want to commend our uh, my co-host here. You know, we're we're a decade into this, and uh, you know, he took a, a tough loss this this week. And um, I know that he's you know locked for playoffs. He's got a good team, so not as much reason to lament. But um, I think the uh, the uh, you know Austin who couldn't take a loss of uh, of old may be gone. We're seeing a, a new mature Austin that can still record a podcast when his team loses. Yeah, it was uh, it was tough, but you know what? There were uh, greater forces at work other than fantasy football. This is I, I'm I'm at the like middle. It's getting to the end. I'm gonna have to go back to work on Monday, but I'm in the middle of 11 days off work, and so you know Sunday is about day four into that 11 day gap, and it didn't go how I wanted. Uh, man, just watching Ryan's team blow up, watching Jeremy Chin blow up. It was just so happy and so sad at the same time, but. I could not let it get me down, even with the loss, because this 11 days is bigger than fantasy football. This is about my own sanity, my own place in the world. I built a standing desk today, or actually yesterday, but I mean, this is what this 11 days is about and why I'm not so angry. You know, I'm still making the playoffs. I'm very zen. And so, Ryan, well-deserved win, um, but I'm not going to let that ruin my time off because I need this, man. Yeah, um, you know, glad to hear you in such good mood. mood. Moods, multiple moods. Um, you know, looking at the the matchup, uh, I'm laughing a lot in my head right now because we're talking about how we're professional learning edits, and now I can't finish the sentence. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys had the matchup of the week. Um, it, a little bit of a letdown. I think we we're we we're talking about. It, it's so funny. I wanted to do the over under on the matchup of the week, and I think uh, for the two weeks I would have done it. Probably a lot of people would have taken the over, and it, it's ended up being under. Um, you know, you mentioned Jeremy Chin. That's really all the surfers had going on. I mean, they had like a pretty, I mean, it's a floor game, you know, so I don't think anybody would complain about it, but not, you know, any real great scores. Dalvin Cook came back to earth. Devontae Adams 15, which is good for a lot of us, but, you know, maybe a, a little bit of a letdown. Um, and then on your team, uh, maybe a lot of question marks. I got, I got questions for you. You know, we're about to roll into playoffs and all of a sudden it looks like, uh, Boyd's value has dropped off a lot. Pittman maybe wasn't what we wanted. Um, you know, since uh, uh, your tight end's been out, Kittle, 
yeah. uh, what's been going on at your tight end spot. Um, it kind of seems like you might be a little more limping in the playoffs than uh, uh, maybe we uh, suspected. I don't know. I kind of view that's the one thing I think that helped with this week is that I, you know, you mentioned like Tyler Boyd, that that situation sucks. Uh, my tight end situation kind of sucks, but the rest of the gang, I mean, I think it was just bad week. I think, and I'd rather they all get it out on the same week, you know, and then come back, you know, this week, week 13, you know, must win against Lucinda this week. Now come back and crush and get some momentum right before, you know, the playoffs. So uh, I don't feel like we're limping. I just feel like, you know, it was a very, I don't know, Austin team sort of meh performance. But on the flip side, like you were talking about, you know, Ryan, you know, not really like blowing the, the roof off, you know, outside of Chen. Um, yeah, like I posted in chat too, like halfway through the matchups, like, all right, I know I'm behind. I know that I have a, a hill to climb, like with with the last half of this matchup. But ESPN has me ranked so low. How am I ranked so low? Ryan's team's not even going off. Like they're just doing whatever. And yet, you know, they had me like 40 points out at that time. So I don't know. It, it definitely was a weird perspective because I never felt like I was super out of it. But for some reason, it just technically that's how it was. Yeah, it, there's always a big disconnect between looking at what ESPN projects the game to finish at and then, you know, going and looking and seeing what the actual scores are. Because um, ESPN is like pretty optimistic when you think about it. Like when you look at your lineup at the beginning of the week and everybody's projected between like nine and 11, you're like, no, nah, my guys are going to do even better than that. Um, but when you finish the week, you're pretty happy if most of your guys scored nine to 11 points. Um, so, you know, before the matchup is over, anybody who hasn't played, they're just slapping 10 points on that player. And that adds up, you know, that can make some of your scores look a lot better. And yeah, it, there were times when I thought, you know, Ryan was kind of running away with this. And then there were times where it looked a little bit closer and, you know, even looking at the final score, you know, it's not like, uh, you got blown out of the water or anything, but, um, I, it didn't seem particularly close, I guess, um, which was kind of a bummer for what we were uh, expecting. Yeah, not not a great match for the week pick there, but um, I, it was in one key regard. We were kind of talking about this offline. Um, you know, of course, we're going to get into the playoff picture, which is much more clear. We've got some eliminations. You posted an article. Uh, people might have already checked it out on the site that goes over some of this stuff. Um, but one thing I'll say about this matchup, uh, you know, is you're talking about how like there was a single win or loss that would have helped out a couple teams who are now eliminated. Um, and I think probably out of all the wins and losses, like Ryan winning this matchup, I think shakes up a lot of, uh, the situation. Like we're the stuff we're going to talk about uh, in the rest of the podcast is because of Ryan getting this win, you know, not being tied in that kind of six and six muddle where, you know, we see teams like shitty sources and boomers. Um, so I, I don't know, like it was kind of a, a big, implication even if the the game itself you know kind of sucked because my team really mailed it in yeah the win was definitely big we were talking about you know kind of joking about how this could potentially be how surfers misses playoffs you know because he went from 96 percent down to zero percent or down to 90 percent um but yeah you know even each win is pretty important and him getting the win here has locked up that that spot for playoffs and yeah, I, I it's kind of impossible to do like a two weeks out breakdown of like all the what if scenarios. But um, yeah, I, I think this week was kind of underrated and that every matchup was really important. And the, the way that they fell out, um, it's pretty interesting seeing so many teams get, you know, eliminated right off the bat. We lost three teams this week. Um, and not only that, two teams secured their playoff spots. So 
we actually got like a lot of questions answered this week. Um, we, you know, we could have been rolling into this one. You, like you said, if, um, if surfers were down at six and six and maybe Shanana had said lost and, you know, narwhals had won and, you know, there's just like there are a million things this could have played out. We could have had, you know, five teams like still competing for two playoff spots or something this week. But um, yeah, thankfully for me, who was trying to do the write up, that's not how it shook out. Um, but, you know, kind of a bummer for the teams that, uh, you know, we're hoping to still be in it because now well, we're do you want to do you want to just get into all that or did you have anything else you want to talk about to uh, start us off? Uh, no, I'm, I'm I'm playoff mode, man. I, I didn't even do the wrap up this week. I was like, fuck that. Nobody cares about wrap ups. We're here for playoffs. Let's do it then. Let's uh, take a look at the playoff picture that is now more clear uh, with one week to go. Uh, yeah, so not a lot changed at the top. Um, aside from, I know you had kind of been hoping to make a, a wins, uh, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a, a point run at a TGIF. Uh, doesn't yeah. look like that's going to happen. TGIF hasn't been like really, you know, lighting the world on fire, but you know, their floor is a lot better than most teams. And that'll come into play this week when they play the boomers. Um, so, you know, if you look at the odds, it'll show TGIF is at hundred percent for the one seed. Um, technically the Puma skulls could score 130 points more than TGIF, which probably not happening, but we could always isn't impossible. I think, I think this, I think this season we had a team score like over 140 points. The top team had like 140 more than the bottom team or something, but, um, it seems pretty unlikely, uh, but it's there. Um, and then on the other side of the division, you know, Jim has, uh, he's, he's kept racking up the wins, which is great. Um, because you know, me and the uh, shitty sources are kind of on his heels, uh, but we've also been winning. And uh, one of the scenarios we'll look at for this upcoming week is that um, Shenanahads and Shitty Sources are playing each other, which is important for each of those teams in, in their own respect. Uh, but it's also important for me because if Ashley beats Jim and I win my game, I'm suddenly on top of the division. Which, it, given yeah. how, which given how bad my team is, like, dude, this this could be the break that I needed. Give me a couple of weeks to get like my running back handcuffs. Maybe one of them hits and... I don't know, you know. We always talk I, I, about you just get to playoffs and anything can happen. Dude, yeah. get a first round bye and definitely uh, anything can happen. Dude, I was about to joke that to say that you could be you could ascend to be the Eagles, you know, win the division with that record. Um, but actually, you know what? That would be a diss to you because I think if you do get that that uh, division title, uh you'll st- you're in a better shape than the Eagles or anyone in the NFC East is right now. <laughs> so you should be at least proud there. But what a comeback, man. You were like, go back, rewind, you know, like six podcasts. You're pretty down, uh, you know, a few weeks back. And so now talking about not only like a, a chance, but I mean, that situation that you, you said there, that's like, that, that is a situation that could take place. You could be first place, man. Yeah, it's, it's hard because I'm going to do a lot of complaining. And I think a lot of people would be like super stoked to be in my position. Um, I can't find the website now. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but there's a, a website that I know we've played in years past where you can plug in um, your team and it'll you know generate your record if you played any other team schedule. And most of the teams uh, in the league would be going to playoffs if they had my schedule you know, cause it's just been so soft. I have like the least points uh, scored against stuff like that. So, um, I'm very thankful. I'm still hoping that my team kind of gets it together because it'd be nice to have a competitive team rather than just limp into playoffs and get eliminated. But, um, yeah, yeah we're, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. 
Um, so yeah, uh, jumping back over to the seating. So any one of the three of us, um, are the odds are pretty close for uh, me, shitty sources and shenanahads. Um, uh, any of us could take the, um, the division lead. And then after that we have, um, not really duking it out for wildcard spots, but more where everyone is going to end up. Um, you're the favorite right now for the three seed, but Ryan is uh, kind of nipping at your heels now. Um, since he took that that point lead and then kind of extended it a little bit this week. So he has a pretty easy matchup this week, and you have um, a, a pretty rough matchup. So it's still in your favor to get that number two seed, but how are you feeling a little more? I'm sure you're feeling a little more scared after taking the L last week, right? It definitely, you know, I mentioned um, there were a couple games last week that I mentioned um where you're not even looking to the playoffs, you're not looking at the next two weeks to close out the season. Like you can't really look beyond the matchup. That's how I viewed this matchup with Ryan. Like it doesn't matter what, like my week 13 doesn't matter until week 12 is done. Now that I got beat and I don't have that um, security, that three seed locked up. uh, This is where that focus on 13 comes. So the matchup with Lucinda is going to be paramount. It's, it's huge. Um, now they don't have that, that floor, but, um, I don't know. I still feel pretty good. Like I said, I don't view that my team is limping. I just think that we just had uh, hopefully an orchestrated like week off, like we need a second buy. So, um, it, you know, I can head into week 13 and, and, and be strong. But that said, I mean, like I've been saying the last few weeks, like I've been scared of Ryan's team. Um, <clears throat> last week shows why that he can have, like, you can look, look at his roster and what points he got. And just be like, you know, that's not a great day, but hey, it's still put up 148, almost 150, and you know, beat one of the top teams. So Ryan's definitely, I think, like his stock is going up. I want to beat him out for that three seed because I think like if the three if he gets that three seed, that changes the dynamic. I think the chances for a lot of other teams, including my own, um, and not in a good way. So I'm trying to avoid Ryan locking that up. Yeah, and the only reason I the I guess kind of one of the takeaways you can look at is I made the comment about your team kind of limping in, um, but I think most of us are. Um, we've seen such a dramatic shift in the last like two weeks um, due to you know uh, COVID. Um, you know, I mean, Ryan lost a bunch of players this week. Um, yeah. I, I mean, technically, you know, he could have played them, but he took the the safe route, um, and then. You know, so I, I share the fate of some of your players, you know, like talking about Tyler Boyd, you know, Joe Burrow's gone. That's kind of changed the entire Cincinnati offense. Um, the who was the other player I was looking at your team? Uh, Keenan Allen with Austin Eckler coming back. You know, the, the target share dipped a lot. So there's just like a lot of things in play right now. Um, but, you know, even though I was pointing out your team, you can kind of like look at that and you can make that case for a lot of players on a lot of different teams is that these these situations are shifting so greatly. And so I'm kind of wondering after this week, what, you know, what are these teams going to look like going into the playoffs? Cause I have a feeling we're, we're going to feel a lot differently. Yeah. Um, and I, that's a lot, of the players, a lot of the teams. That's a huge like PSA too. I mean, like all these, if you're a playoff bound team that we're going to talk about, I mean, you're probably going to be faced with these decisions. Like I was faced last week and I'm going to be faced like, you know, for the extent of my playoff run, which is like, Hey, a guy like Tyler Boyd, who got me to where I'm at, because you know he's been putting up you know good pretty good numbers all season now you know that QB situation you mentioned sucks dude do I go do you start your studs or do I bench him you know Debo could be back you know do is is Tyler Boyd out and Debo 
goes in. Um, you know, some teams I know don't have like the options because of, of injuries and that sort of thing. If your bench isn't so deep, but if you do have options, like this is where it kind of comes, I don't know. Like this is where you really earn the fantasy stuff because it's like, if you think of fantasy playoff heroes every year, they are players like Damian Williams two years ago and, players not players necessarily that you're like oh dude i started tyler Boyd all season and now tyler Boyd is like my playoff hero you know so we're talking about waiver wire guys we're talking about maybe guys who if you've been holding on to people and you know they're coming back from injury you know you're holding on to austin eckler now he's back um i don't know those are kind of like the mvps the the, the kind of guys i'm looking for you know like going into the playoffs like who's going to spark big in these next few weeks and I think a lot of times when you go into playoffs, like you want to understand like who your starters are, you know, you want to know who you're comfortable with in your starting lineup. And I don't know that a lot of us are going to have that because we, you know, like I mentioned, the the situations have changed so much and we have, you know, this last week that just got played and the next week to kind of figure out like what guys were comfortable starting. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know how everyone else in the league feels about it, but I, I'm pretty shook up by a lot of the stuff yeah. going I don't imagine that you can feel like super confident. I think I, I, I kind of feel like I, I, my situation might be the situation, which I don't know. Like you're saying I'm, I'm, I'm modeling. So maybe people will disagree with me. With that. But like, I feel like my bench is deep. I have guys that I've been holding onto because of injury who are coming back. Like dude, if Debo is now going to be like King of the Niners offense, um, great timing. Like I'm happy to ride that train. Um, so I'm glad I got like options, but, uh, I don't know. That's, that's like as confident as I think that you could feel in a season like this is like having options and knowing that you could potentially survive things like COVID and, and all that kind of stuff. Again, that's why Ryan's team is scary because you mentioned like, you know, he had to bench for safety, you know, a, a ton of his players, key players. Uh, and he still, you know, had a, a, enough points to put me away and, you know, secure these, uh, playoff odds. Yeah, so you know we talked about the the split between the uh, the three and four seed where you're going to end up. Um, I know you were kind of talking about the six team potentially being um, a weaker team, um, especially if uh, if that's uh, Andrew or I kind of limping actually limping into that that last six seed. Um, but the odds are almost evenly split. I mean, it's just as likely to be one of those teams as it is uh, Shitty Sources and Shenanahads. Um, so I'm kind of, I guess you're more likely to play a bad team if you're the number three, but it looks like the number three and the number four seed could potentially have like a pretty tough first round matchup. Yeah. Uh, honestly, um, you, you mentioned, you know, shitty sources locking down potentially that number six seed. That's kind of as me going for the number three seed, which is the only seed I would say has any sort of safety kind of just what you just alluded to. Um, but the fact that you could be in that number three seed and still have to face Ashley is like the opposite of safety. Um, so yeah, it, I, I think really the story here with Eric kind of locking up number one for statistical purposes, man, that battle for like misfits uh, division lead and getting that round one by is so huge for, for everyone. So um, I mean, it really is like, are you, would you rather I get the first round by um, so that if you make it to the next round, there's potentially like an easy matchup waiting for you, or would you rather have my matchup in the first round and then a, a tough matchup with uh, one of the tougher teams in the second round? 
Uh, man, I'm just trying to figure know. out who's rooting for me to win this division. I, I feel like my, uh, you know, my playoff luck has always been if I can make it past like whatever my first round is, like whatever first round I have to play in. If I can make it past that, then I do pretty well. So, it, as the three seed, I'm looking for like the weakest six seed. Like, give me that first victory. Get me into that second round. Um, I don't know. I would say. Jim's been hovering with the the division lead this whole time. And like, dude, he could put up a big statement win, beat Ashley. Um, Maybe even, I don't know, eliminate Ashley. You can tell us if that's possible, but I I will say I won't be rooting for against Jim to, to get the win and like win that division. I think to me, that's like kind of maybe the best case scenario. Um, Especially, I don't know, is, is Ashley, is there a potential for Ashley to get knocked out? Yeah, and there we'll uh, we'll talk about the Shenanahads uh, shitty thing when we look at um, you know the the upcoming matchups for this week. But yeah, I mean Jim scored one eighty four and Ashley scored one sixty one. So I mean, it, it almost has been uh, your guys' division has kind of been tapering off a little bit, and I feel like missed bits. Um, at, at least the top two teams, you know, Ashley and um, Jim. I feel like those teams are like really coming alive, especially after last week when on the podcast, you know, I was like, oh, well, Jim's team is like really good and consistent, you know, but not really a lot of ceiling. And then they came out and scored 184 points. And I'm looking and I see Derek Henry, Deshaun Watson and DK Metcalf. And I'm like, okay, well, that, that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um, Jim, I've mentioned this before, like Jim's team and my work team are very similar. Uh, so, but, I mean, we we both put up great numbers this week because it's a lot of the same names, Henry and Watson and, and those guys, uh, McLaurin. Uh, but he won't he won't be uh, missing uh, Will Fuller though. So yeah, that's that's a big knock against my uh, my work team. Um, no not, no no playoff drama in our league, unfortunately. No team yeah. losing their their stud wide receiver. But although you know, hey, toilet bowl toilet bowl is important. So if Martin was mm-hmm. gonna you know dive and then you know dip out just in time or uh, play spoiler for you this week. Uh, That's true. Help help you out. So let's take a look um, at, we've been talking a lot about the seating, but let's talk about the actual, you know, how people are going to get into the playoffs. Um, uh, The, if you've checked out the website, I have everything all written up there. Um, We have our top four seeds. Oh God. Well, not the seeds. We have our top four teams all figured out. These guys are all locked. TGIF, Shenanahads, Puma Skulls and Surfers. Um, we have two more spots, the fifth and sixth, um, spots, and we have three teams trying to get in with me, uh, the boomers and shitty sources. Um, I have the most uh, likelihood to get into one of those spots, uh, just kind of based on my win total, the division, and, um, I can kind of edge out boomers by points. Uh, we'll walk through that though. And then uh, shitty sources is the next likely and then uh, Boomers uh, drops off uh, quite a bit after that because Andrew, uh, Ashley, and I just we we kind of need to win our games or we need Andrew to lose, and Andrew needs you know multiple things to happen to get in. So uh, the the big matchup for the three of us to watch this week is going to be Boomers versus TGIF. Um, it's a really lopsided matchup, um, you know, kind of like a layup for Eric, but anything can happen. Uh, but if Boomers lose this matchup, then it's all over. Uh, boomers will be eliminated and Ashley and I will go to the playoffs. Um, if Andrew wins this matchup, um, I also have the odds to win the matchups on here too. So boomers are a 25% chance to beat TGIF, which is pretty grim because usually like a 60, 40 matchup is kind of lopsided in my model. Like that's like a really strong, you know, matchup. Um, so seeing a 25% chance to win is, is pretty bleak. Yeah. 
So like I mentioned, if Andrew wins that matchup, um, Ashley and I will kind of take things in our own hands. Um, if Ashley wins her matchup, she will go to playoffs. If I win my matchup, um, I will go to playoffs and Andrew will be eliminated. Andrew's always the one being eliminated in these scenarios. Um, or I also have, uh, because Andrew's point total has been dipping and mine hasn't necessarily gone up, but I've cut up a little bit. Um, if, uh, both of us, if Andrew wins and then I lose this week, um, I can actually outscore him by 36 points and I will beat him based on a uh, point tiebreakers. So that's kind of my extra in to get, get into the playoffs. That, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. And why like, um, you chase things like points and maybe, you know, earlier in the season, I'm asking myself, you know, do I go big or go home or do I play the safe, you know, floor in this matchup, but, um, having like your setup there you know, having that extra option where you could still lose and find your way in just by performing well. Also knowing you have a, you know, pretty tasty matchup against the Matt and mega shark, you know, definitely not a, a contender. Um, that's a cool situation where you can still work it out. You just have to do, you know, you're, you got like an unexpected rival. You're trying to beat Andrew by 36. I love it. Yeah, it definitely makes for like a more fun, interesting playoff scenario. If I was any other team, like if I was Ashley's team where I'm scoring points all the time, but I can't necessarily win games, then I'd feel, you know, better about it. But since my team uh, very rarely scores points and I'm more relying on my opponent being bad, I'm more looking at that. Yeah, Mega Shark, please don't do anything great this week um, rather than trying to beat Andrew by 30 points. But um Boomers also have been on kind of like a, a, a tail slide the last couple of weeks. So um, it is nice having that extra out. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not going to take it for granted. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, so it's pretty crazy. So I guess uh, just to real quick talk about the eliminated. So we knew, you know, Martin's out. Um, he has a chance to do me a favor, like you mentioned, and uh, play spoiler uh, against Ryan this week. Um, and then also, uh, so I think last we spoke, Fl- Fluffy Bunny is technically not out. Definitely technically out right now, right? Yeah, they had like a like a worse than your uh, or uh, Martin's odds the week before. They're really bad. And then um, even Mega Shark had a one percent chance, which is you know definitely not impossible. Um, but sorry, I was trying to pull up the page. But yeah, so the uh, like those ones were the uh, the easy ones to kind of knock off. And then I'm I'm sure you wanted to talk about what happened to the next two teams. Yeah, so um, you know, I, I think first we got to talk about Lucinda. Um, I, it, Lucinda, possible your dark horse? Do you? I, we still have not settled on what who your dark horse was uh, in our beginning of the season podcast, but. Um, definitely. I think it was Jim. I'm going to go back and listen now because that, that pick would be looking pretty good right now. That, that pick looks very good right now. Uh, very good. But I think we are along the season. I think we were kind of rooting for, uh, listen I know I definitely was in a lot of key matchups and, um, so yeah, uh, that was, that was a big bummer. Cause I, uh, it's just, I don't fancy weird. You look at somebody's team and you're like, this is a really good team <laughs> and they're eliminated from playoffs, you know, uh, a week before the end of the season. So, um, on the other side of the, the scales, we have uh, Jana eliminated uh, because of your matchup. Uh, how are you feeling about that? Um, I, it was fine. Uh, it helped. Uh, you know, we mentioned Ryan being down a lot of players. Uh, Jana lost, I don't know, maybe two thirds of her team going into the yeah. week. Um, I had kind of like a Saturday surprise where I lost uh, DJ Chark and um, Ahmed on uh, Miami. And, it, you know, that's a pretty crappy running back, but he's my RB too. 
Um, so I was kind of scrambling and then I kept checking uh, Jana's lineup because she was having almost just as many problems. And yeah, between losing uh, guys to just injury, you know, like Julio Jones and stuff. And then uh, having so many players wrapped up in the, uh, the Steelers uh, Ravens game uh, that hurt a lot and, uh, you know, definitely helped my cause. Well, um, so we fair, bid farewell to uh, Lucinda and Jana in the playoff run. Don't lose to Martin in the toilet bowl. That would be the worst. Uh, but at least somebody is glad that maybe Will Fuller is out. You know, playoff playoffs implications, none, but toilet bowl implications, you know, you, you just don't want to get that trophy. Um, so what, what else, who else have we not talked about as far as the playoff picture goes? I mean, I talked about all the seeding, talked about the eliminated teams. I think that's it at at this point. And I know you're going to, you're going to have a very biased opinion, but you're looking at, you know, some of the odds you're, we were talking about earlier with you jumping in the division lead, also talking about Jim being in, in charge of his own destiny, potentially being Ashley and getting the division title for himself. You must have some sort of sense of like how your playoff run might go. What what do you feel is the destiny for for Giant Octopus in the next four weeks? Uh, I, just seeing how the the games have like uh, not just the games, but like the COVID situation, the injuries and stuff. I'm kind of it seems like the the playing field's getting a little more evened out as we head into to playoffs. Um, there's not really that many like studs left in people's lineups. Um, a lot of injuries. I think you and Ryan probably have the deepest teams. Um, so I'm I'm kind of hoping that that chaos kind of like keeps going because uh, that's just going to like keep, you know, keep evening things out for me. And yeah, then I got right. a couple I got a couple running back, uh, you know, guys stashed. So I'm, I'm hoping, you know, one of those situation pans out. And then I don't know who knows at that point. I'm just going to have to cross my fingers. But it'd be great to just get that point. To- I'm not hoping to, you know, hit like the 180, 190 ceiling, like a lot of the the top teams that we've seen. But if I can get my team to, you know, at least score like 140, 150, and then kind of ride my same like lucky schedule that I've had where my opponents are like just worse than me, uh, that's probably the the path to victory. You know, and um, that's it's definitely something that works. We've had many a champion. I've been a champion, you know, riding in the seat of your pants. That's kind of what I'm facing, I feel like, this year. I, you know, maybe... This year, I think the the actual pants are higher quality, so I, I feel better about flying by them. But um, yeah, it's just, it's it's getting interesting now that we have at least seven teams. You know, we know that six of these seven are going to go to the playoffs. Um, and if you look at each person, I just wonder what every person feels about their chances and their team. I mean, you mentioned you know, like Eric is our uh, you know looking at number one seed, our season champion. Um, but is he feeling, you know, super confident going into the playoffs with ha- how things have been? Um, and then on the flip side, you have, you know, Ryan's not winning division titles, but uh, his team popping off at the right time. Is Ashley going to get redemption for, you know, this crazy season? Um, so it's interesting. I think we got a lot of we got a lot of stories, you know, for the national audience to follow. I think. Yeah, this week should be interesting. I for Eric, I mean, he he's really the only person in the league who's kind of like sitting comfortably right now, um, because not only does this week not really matter for him, um, you know, next week doesn't either because he's going to have that buy. Um, so that's going to hopefully give him time to kind of sift through, you know, what's on his bench and who needs to get healthy and stuff like that, and kind of figure that out. Um, yeah, that's a good point. So, I mean, we're all duking it out. Everyone else is going to be playing football, you know, till the end. We're going to be trying to figure this out. So. Um, Eric at least has a little bit less emotional, you know, stress than the rest of us. 
Yeah, that could come into play um, big time. I mean, as far as you know, the waiver bar goes, and um, you know, toggling people through your IR. For us, if if you need to win this week, I mean, you're, we're picking up whoever we need to, right? But if you're able to look as Eric is, maybe three weeks out, two and a half weeks out, and start picking up players that you'll need then, like that that kind of comfort and ability is you know huge. Especially, and I don't have the budget numbers in front of me. I'm I, I don't know if Eric has a ton, but um, if you don't have a lot of money, I mean, that being able to to do something a week or two early the key to, to living on the cheap and yeah eric only has seven bucks so that'll be big for him but he's got time he's got time to play the waiver wire and you know play the rest of us for the next few weeks and set himself up for something good yeah and now is the time too if, if you're one of those teams in the playoffs you need to think of, like i would look at your bench and really think about like who you're comfortable starting um the rest of the season um, I know I started making some cuts today. I cut Chenault, who I like a lot, but you know, it's just I, I'm never going to start him this season. You know, so it's time to start moving. You know, those players around. I'm probably going to make a couple more cuts of guys I've kept all season. Um, but you know, I know they're not going to be good keepers next year. I don't have to worry about somebody scooping them up and keeping them either because we're past the the deadline. But um, yeah, that that's my recommendation: is take a look at your bench and say, am I ever going to be comfortable starting this guy? And if not, you know, it's probably time to cut him. Yeah. I will say too, as a reminder to anyone who is still in the playoffs, uh, playoff picture and has some budget. So, uh, everyone who's not you or Ryan actually, <laughs> um, but a lot, most of our remaining budget is with our teams who are not in the playoffs and we don't have, like, I don't know if any of your other leagues have ever done this thing where they cut off like a waiver wire, like once you're out of the playoffs. Um, but since we have the toilet bowl and, you know, punishment for that, we keep our waivers open. So don't just think because half the league is eliminated, you know, you're going to be able to play the waiver wire with your $4. Yeah. Cause we, we got people trying to avoid uh, losing that trophy to Martin. So yeah, yeah that could true. come into play too. I'm feeling really good about that situation though. I've, I've got uh, most money in the playoff picture. So, yeah. I like, if you really look at the last like three weeks though, I mean, realistically, are you optimistic about being able to pick somebody up? No, I haven't no. seen like a plug. I mean, I think this is a reason why you have your money is because we haven't had any, you know, like cut and dry, like pick this guy up, you know, and you can start him. Um, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm interested to see if any if any waiver Roto World today did a show about like um, uh, historic uh, seasons, you know, where there was like some crazy player you could pick up in week 15 or 16 or something that would like win you, you know, your championship. And I, it, it's been a while since we've had and I'm, I'm interested to see if uh, this season, if anybody pops up like that. Yeah, you know, it's not, like, not named Frank Gore. It, it's just like, I mean, it, it might happen and it's just, it's going to be somebody no one expects. I mean, the Damian Williams example. Like Tim Hightower? Just, yeah, Tim, that's a great example too because he came in like for an injury or some weird situation. I mean, he, he was like the third, you know, string dude. Do you remember Ryan Terrain on yep. the Washington football team? I mean, we're talking like, so those situations can pop up at any time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like for me, I... I the my whole waiver wire strategy this season why I have so much money is like not looking at this week, not like reacting for the one week, but you know, trying to do what we just talked about that Eric has the the luxury to do now for the next couple of weeks weeks, which is look ahead. Um, you know, got Michael Pittman a week ahead. You know, I've I've uh, had that payoff a couple times this season. So that said though, I'm I'm ready and waiting for, you know, the Alfred Morris or whoever whoever. Yeah, I'm hoping that that person is already on my bench. 
Yeah, so, me too. So I need some uh, I need some running back help. So I got a question for you. Um, yeah. Let's say you get eliminated uh, the first week of the playoffs. Um, how are you feeling about your team going into next season? Have you kind of already identified the guys that you want to uh, to keep? I think I have options. Um, if you know Buffalo, the the Diggs uh, Josh Allen stack is going to be a thing next year. Um, then I can keep both of those guys for like, I think a total of like $27 or something like that. So, you know, that might be worthwhile. Uh, all of my receivers are pretty good values. Um, so we'll see. I think I got a lot of options. Like I already have like some guys that I like that I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to cut. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I, I, I put up a season I'm proud of, which is I made the playoffs. I've got a good shot, but I'm not hindered for the future. You know, this, this is a dynasty we're building a franchise. Yeah. I, I would have liked to sacrifice my, my long-term status to get a boost to my team for this season. Um, but that didn't happen. So, you know, looking to next season, um, it is, it does kind of make it like nice that you can be optimistic about something. Cause I know we talk about Ashley's team a lot, but you know, she had a couple of core players that she got the opportunity to draft some big studs around and um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking, you know, next season. And I mean, just even if Justin Jefferson and T Higgins and Kyler Murray are like the, the guys that I keep, um, I mean, that's a great place to start, you know, and then yeah. spend up big on, you know, two running backs or whatever I need. And, um, you know, I, that makes me super excited about next season, even if this season isn't going to, uh, to play out how I want. And, and, I'm, and I'm hoping most of the teams like that are looking at their teams and they've kind of identified guys like that and they're getting optimistic about next season. And I'm hoping I, yeah. we get some off-season trades too. Yeah, for sure. I think this year we will because um, I think this year more people have uh, you know, good keeper value and you'll be able to see kind of where that value is or what you can do with it um, and who you want. I think we'll start to see people too. Like for me, like my personal goals, I'd like to – have two keepers who uh, have uh, like multi-year value who I'm like set up for a good. I think the best example of that is like DK Metcalf. Like Jim will be able to keep DK Metcalf if, if he's as awesome as he is, which he is spoiler alert uh, for, you know, he'll, he'll probably be able to keep, keep him for three years easily if he keeps performing like at that level. Right. And so I want two of those keepers where they're like so locked in where I know that no matter what for the next, like, you know, two years, I've got this guy who's going to, do awesome. And then with my other keepers, like this is where maybe I would play more chances. You know, where you're mentioning like you wish you had made more big trades and and moves at the end there. Um, you know, if you have two that those two foundational kind of keepers and you've got four guys for those other two spots, like you can play a lot more of those games. And so I'm kind of like, I want to build to that level first before I start playing a bunch of, um, keeper games, but I'm definitely intrigued by, you know, the, the option of, of going into the off season with, you know, potentially like six keepers. I know we just talked about this uh, maybe even last week, but I'm flipping through my players right now. And, um, you know, I got Ronald Jones who Brett kept for $8 and, uh, you know, I'm like, Oh, maybe he'll be worth 16 next year. And I'm forgetting for the hundredth time that he's the RB 11 on the season, which is how mm-hmm. bad running backs been this year. Yeah. So maybe we'll see Ronald Jones on uh, on giant octopus next season too. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think the only thing we have to do is matchup of the week. And we did not talk about this. Um, it, we got some matchups that like don't matter at all. Yeah. Um, narwhals are playing bunnies, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sure that's important to you. 
Um, what else we got going on here? I mean, I, I guess surfers want to win over Adams because they're trying to get the three seed while you uh, battle Lucinda. Yeah, um, boomers Eric, scraping against TJF to try yeah, to get Eric doesn't care about that matchup, but Andrew's going to care about it a lot. Um, so yeah. yeah, I guess there's really only one game that we don't care about, and then um, trying to look, yeah, I'm, and then I'm playing Matt. So I don't know as far as there. I, I was thinking about the matchup of the week before we came in, and I, there's kind of two sides to this coin, which we've gone back and forth on all season. Uh, I think the Boomers TGIF matchup is like obviously way more impactful because that could decide what happens for the whole rest of the league. Um, but I don't think it's going to be a particularly inter- interesting matchup. Um, as far as interesting matchups go, and it still has a lot of implications, I'm looking at shitty sources and shitty heads. Yeah. Because that's two of the hottest teams right now. They're both duking it out for potentially, you know, Ashley. We talked about me sneaking into first, but, you know, Ashley can also, if she beats Jim and I lose, um, she can take over that number one uh, seat. So um, really important matchup for both of them to try to get that first round by. Yeah, to me, this is the matchup. Um, I mean, this is the one I'm looking at. We were talking about all the implications it has, like, for that number three seed, which I'm aiming for even that number four seed, which, you know, I might be bound for whoever loses this is going to be, you know, in, in the shakeup for like my first round opponent. So, um, but also I just think it's, you got two great stories. Ashley's uh, kind of been the, the team scoring a ton of points and not getting the wins. Jim has put up a great season and kind of maintained as a division leader but really gets a chance to like make statements, say like, no, I am king of this division. You know, kick Ashley down. Ashley has a chance to get up top of the hill, whoop on Jim, and uh, claim, you know, claim that. And, and meanwhile, you're off the on the edge, like with a great chance to do. <laughs> be king of the castle no matter what happens. I mean, this is perfect for me because I get to root for Ashley's team. You know, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Like, let's go. You know, like we're we're perfectly aligned. Um, I'm looking at the outcome and, uh, you know, ESPN has a slight uh, edge to Ashley, which is, I don't don't know how to understand how they come up with a 58% chance for her to win, but they have her projected for 142 and Jim projected for 118. Like that seems like much better odds um, because he has two players on by in his lineup right now. Yeah, no Mike Evans to score, you know, one yard touchdown, but yeah, it, it's so funny. I know we've been talking about Tampa Bay a lot this year. Um, I got to watch more of that game this year, and it's so funny that Mike Evans gets kind of like crapped on for those one yard, one touchdown things, and you know that being the only thing that he's good at. Dude, I feel like Brady has missed him on a lot of deep shots this year, where he's Brady been like, so bad. Yeah, yeah it's, he's it's so bad. So looking at my thing, which tries to guess how their lineup is going to fill out, um, it still has the edge going to Ashley. Um, she has a, a strong um, IDP and tight end advantage, um, uh, whereas Jim, it looks like he's going to be relying a little bit more on you know the guys we've seen, Derek Henry, Deshaun Watson. Um, Ashley's been sticking with Matt Ryan. I don't know if she will this week. He's been kind of struggling a bit. Um. But yeah, I mean, I, I think the matchup should be super interesting. You know, we get to see this like awesome wide receiver matchup, you know, between Andrew Brown and DK Metcalf and Tyree Kill and Terry McLaurin. Um, and yeah, I don't know. The rest of it seemed to shake out. This is sorry, just to jump back in because I, I keep forgetting to bring this up. We've been talking about a lot of these teams like, oh, if so-and-so gets healthy, you know, like this team's going to be even more scary. Dude, Ashley's been doing all this stuff all season and pretty much kicking ass pretty much without Zeke. Her like top pick in the draft. She spent a shitload of money on Zeke, and he's been fucking terrible. 
Yeah. Uh, do you think there, do, she should have any hope in him kind of like turning it around? I know Dallas has been bad since they lost Dak, but um, I don't know. Do you think is he, there's a chance he kind of turns it on? Dude, I have no idea, honestly. Like, I feel like I have not watched the Cowboys a lot this year, and I don't have Zeke in either league, so I don't follow what he's doing. But I'm, I, I will say that every time I look at his score, I'm like, holy shit, what's going on over there? Like, I think this last week, it, you know, I, I looked over and he was like 8.8. Is that what he scored this last week? I don't know, but um, he scored this week. Even worse, even worse. Um, yeah. So I, I know I definitely have looked over and been like, dude, what's going on over there? Yeah. Um, and I mean, they have a, they have a tough schedule. So I, I, I'm not very optimistic, but I am just kind of thinking of, you know, the scary scenario of like Ashley's team is already really good. What if Zeke, you know, all of a sudden starts kicking ass again? Well, I mean, like we were kind of talking early season about AJ Brown, maybe being a bust and he was hurt and, and, that kind of shenanigans. And so he's already come back and like turned it on and, you know, that's definitely helped Ashley's cause. So, I mean, if Zeke does something like that, um, and Miles Sanders and the Eagles do something like that, then yeah, for sure. Like that's a scary team, which is why yeah, I'm what, for Jeb. What, a, what, a, what a blessing to have Travis Kelsey this year, man. Just oh like, just knowing that you're going to get an extra like 10 to 15 points out of a position than your opponent. Like, yeah, it's gotta be amazing. Could have been mine. Could have been mine. Oh, well. But uh, yeah, as far as this matchup goes, I'm rooting for Jim, uh, not just because his fantasy team and my work fantasy team are linked, but uh, you know, I, I just like, I, I want Ashley, I'm scared of her team for a lot of the min- reasons we just mentioned. And if she's going to make it at least, you know, well, I don't know, maybe I'm doing myself because maybe this is going to put her at number six. I just don't know. Um, but uh, I, I'll, I'll go with Jim. I, I think he's going to make a statement that, you know, he, the division was his all season long for a reason. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, we, we like playing up the edge case scenarios, but I mean, yeah, that's the most likely thing is that, you know, Jim keeps control of the division, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so what else we got? Is that it? Uh, I don't have anything, man. I'm, I'm, I'm in playoff mode. Yeah, there's no fluff. There's like, there's no time for anything else. I mean, really, like, we're all taken care of. Real life shit after Turkey Day. It's TCOB time, and uh, fantasy is no different, right? We've only got seven teams that, that matter anymore. That sounds so harsh, but uh, uh, okay. My only question before we we go for the day is: yeah. uh, we saw the worst, like by far the worst week of COVID. Um, is this is the NFL and the teams going to get their shit together this week, or are we seeing like the tip of the iceberg and it's just going to get completely out of hand after this? Dude, I have no idea, man, because there's this whole thing, you know, we were talking about with the narrative of them, you know, hiding stuff or like the results coming out on Mondays and how suspicious that is and all that shenanigans. Because of that, it's like, I would be just as surprised to see like everything come to a halt and like the, the you know, season doesn't finish as I would be to see that COVID goes rampant and they like literally shovel as much dirt on it as possible and the season finishes out. Um, so to me, it's like, uh, you know, who, who can say at this point? Hello, Justin, I can't hear you. Justin. Bonos murder mystery. <laughs>